right, everybody, we are back for another show and another week of Megasheen, your podcast about geeky gay things from a black gay geek perspective. I'm Victor. And I'm Nick. Yes, we're here. <laughs> so what's up? What's been, what's the tea? What's going on? Ooh, so much. Um, you know, work life is picking up. Um, we are hiring people to get in our office right now. We are kind of we really short staff. So, bitch, I am basically doing a lot for this, you know. But you know, my role is high. I'm number two. So that means you have to work for this money. And Hop right now. And I'm working for it. Just a lot. But, you know, it's fun. I get to create stuff and I'm helping out black students, black male students. That's really fun. Because it, but it's so weird. They be calling me Mr. Kearney, Mr. Victor, because someone from the Deep South is like, Mr. Victor. I'm like, oh, Lord. I was like, no. It's like, no, no, you can just call me Victor. Um, but it's just really interesting to do that. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's been fun. Um, it's been a lot going on. Just I just saw I saw us earlier this week. I'm seeing it again. We have to talk about that another time. But I'm telling y'all, oh, Lord have mercy, that movie. It is something else. Uh-huh. It is something else. Um, what else is going on? Um, you know, just it's funny. All of a sudden, I, I um, people found out that I wrote a book. <laughs> so I've been approached at work. Um, by some people who was like, I'm buying your book. Can you bring the book tomorrow, please? I was like, okay. I bought it online. I want the book. So I two people within the overall, overall division um, bought it. And then all of a sudden, I had people just buying it. So just buying it offline. Oh, yeah. I, like through Facebook. I said, oh, yeah, I have this. And it was like, oh, put the link up. And now all of a sudden, I've been mailing out books. I'm like, oh, Lord. So that's been really fun. I mean, I have to remember that, uh, you know, I did this. <laughs> so I have to be ready to talk about it, especially next week. Because next week is WonderCon, and I will be there. So uh, there's a lot going on with that. But, you know, you know, I'm good. Besides the fact that I found out that I'm only getting $6.41. for <laughs> <in tax> return. <laughs> I saw that. I have. <laughs> Somebody said, "Can I laugh?" It's like you can laugh because I laughed. I just, I did. You know that 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 gif of um, Brigitte Nelson when she just looked at the thing and just shook her head. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I did. I was like, <laughs> "Well, I mean, I get some state back, but they told me they was like, bitch, you make some money now, but you know what? What happens with this Bush tax cut? I mean, no, with the Trump tax cut, bitch." Mm-hmm. So. I just laughed. I just laughed. That's all I could do. That's all I can do. What are you up to? What's going on with you? Child, you know nothing but a brand. <laughs> uh, let's see what I've been up to. I've watched, have you watched, um, I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've watched uh, this, a Batman, Bad Blood. Yes. What did you think about it? Because I was like, it was okay, but... Mm-hmm. Eh. It, you know, it was cute. You know, they got they brought in everybody mm-hmm. um, into this thing. That's one Batwoman, right? Um, yeah. You know, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was a little. It was a lot because they brought in all the Bat family. Yeah, and they made a new one. Uh, 
Oh God, what was his na- what was the black guy's name? I forgot what he oh, was. He's been, oh. he's been. Oh, around. he has. Okay. Yeah, it was like a few years ago. I think he was introduced in the comic. I think that was him. I know there was a black one at one point. <laughs> black. But, there was a nigga. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, I thought it was it, it was cute for what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I wasn't that impressed with it, but it was okay. Like you said, it was okay for what it was, and eh, I, it was just something to watch. I also watched this documentary um, about Studio Fifty Four, which was that. it was really good. Um, and I, I made a little a mini thread about it um, on Twitter, and I felt that the I was upset of how Studio 54 closed because it was only open, I think, maybe the span of 33 months or something like that. Yeah, it was like almost like two years and some change. Like, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't open that long at all, but if it had that presence that it had been there forever. Yeah. And yeah. You're right. It just how, like, they got caught on tax evasion. which of all things it's like why do that and i felt like the the owners especially oh gosh i'm what is his name i know you're not ian but the other one steve yeah steve was the problem it's like you took away a place especially where lgbtq new yorkers felt safe and back in the 70s you know being safe meant a totally different thing that is today yeah and so i was i was disappointed in that and a part of me how do i say this i grew up on disco music 70s 80s that type of music yeah um and to see how it it rose to this big phenomenon and then how it just crashed to the ground Mm -hmm. it felt like i was seeing a part of my childhood disappear as far as the music goes Mm -hmm. and once it ended it felt like a part of my childhood ended even though i know that i didn't grow up (laughs) in the the 70s or the 80s Mm -hmm. and it just seeing the demise of studio 54 always brings out a sense of sadness and sorrow in me because i know that you know growing up listening to that there's always this looking back and then realizing, you know, you have to grow up and not everything's a party. Yeah. And it was, if you like documentaries, if you like music, if you're intrigued about Studio 54, I would recommend uh, watching that. They actually talked to Ian, the other owner of the club, and he's much more the reserve type. Um, I think Steve but, yeah, Steve died of AIDS, but he didn't want his mother finding out that he had AIDS. So they said that he died of complications with, uh, I think it was hepatitis or something like that. Okay. And um, I remember one of the uh, people that they interviewed said that his mom wondered why he why he didn't get married. And he it, it's so sad that he had to take that secret to him to the grave that he was gay. Yeah, and, and that's, and, you know, that, that was common back then, you know, a lot yep. of they're great. And it's interesting, I, I saw a documentary I, many years ago, many years ago, back when I was in college, I think, uh, 
VH1 did uh, a documentary about it because then later on there was that movie Studio 54 with Ryan Phillippe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was eh, that was okay. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest. We only watched it. I was living in Georgia at the time. We only watched it because of Ryan Phillippe. Like we only went to exactly. It's fine, so but um, it's still fine. But you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you know, looking back at it, because you know, disco had a a huge surgence back in the late nineties. Um, yeah, and then they they was always talking about that, and it was interesting to see, you know, how life was because there's pictures you can see of Diana Ross was there dancing. Um, um, a lot of people. Uh, Tori Morrison was there. You know, there people. There's pictures out there you can like Google it, watch. Uh, Rishnikov. Yeah, Rishnikov. Grace Jones. Grace Jones is like queen. Mm-hmm. There, and I would have loved to experience that. I didn't like the the classism ish type thing they had, you know, like, Oh yes. Yes. They got to a point where I was like, well, you know, there's people who really want, like, you know, those, there's always stories and you can read, there's a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but there's stories you can read about people who like, they drove hours to get there and couldn't get in. And also you heard about chic and chic. Yeah. Was, um, they wrote uh, freak you and it was supposed to be fuck you, yeah. but it was too, harsh that they couldn't play on the radio. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's so much with that. And it's interesting because once Studio 54 died down, I mean, you know, it, it, I always wonder it was going to kind of slow down anyway because disco was dead by the end of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they did this big, like this, they went to like a ballpark or something that was burning records and everything. Yeah, yeah. I remember Donna Summer was like, well, hell, what am I going to do now? <laughs> so um, it was... You know, I I, I think it did <coughs> like in the '80s a little bit when Steve came back for a hot minute, but mm-hmm. but did I think that's where we get like solid gold and all those dance shows? And you know, it's interesting because I think there was I heard I don't know how true this is, but I, I heard um, there was some issues like how Soul Train was becoming like, well, if you can't do it there, you can always Soul Train became because Soul Train was mostly in LA at one point. So that became like, well, hell, you can go there and get more discovered than you can do before. But again, that's a lot of history situations that that's a mm-hmm. lot of history of all of that. But yeah, I, I might watch it. I've, I see it all. It pops up all the time. Basically, it's telling me that, bitch, you're gay and this is what you need to watch. Right. <laughs> like, go ahead, watch, sit down and watch this. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so amazing how uh, they talk about how the classism got uh, maybe backfired mm-hmm. when disco was on the decline. And the reason why is because people couldn't get into Studio 54. So because of that, they revolted against the whole being of said disco because disco equals Studio 54 Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of interesting. And then, you know, once the 80s hit... Then you had the AIDS epidemic hit and that it was just, I don't think people realize how we lost so many people during that time. Like, I don't think, especially now uh, the younger queer generation, like people were dying left and right. I know my mom had, she has stories about friends that she lost. Mm-hmm. I remember um, w- uh, listening to What's the Tea 
and Jennifer Lewis was on there and she was talking about her uh, dance instructor mm-hmm. and how she, after all of this time, it still chokes her up how she lost him like that. Yeah. And it still, it brings me to tears how, how fast men were dying. Yeah. Like through a span of a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. they were gone. It, it's just, whew. Yeah, I think I heard that because Jenna, was that, no, that wasn't the one where she said that he wouldn't tell her that he was gay or something like that. No, uh, it was, no, I don't think it was that one. It was okay. the one where she was promoting her book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, and I'm sure she probably had, you know, tons of gay folks just always <laughs> yeah. around her just because of her energy and the things she was going through. Because, you know, she's been in the game for a long time. But I would love one day that someone to do an adequate story about us, you know, Black queer men during those times. And I know it'll be hard, though. It'll yeah. be hard to to watch because it'll be like, because, you know, they didn't care about us dying anyway. So imagine about Black gay men. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Because I'll yeah, probably that's... be mad and probably be just brokenhearted just knowing how we already dismissed anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. but let's go ahead and get into it because we have a... It, our, our tea may be a little short today, but we have a bigger thing to get into, which I'm excited about. So let's go ahead and start with Aunt May's tea here. I guess we can talk about the big merger. It happened. It's done. It's official. Marvel is Marvel has Fox. Um, they have a lot of stuff that we only focus on the movies, but they got a lot of stuff in this merger. Right? Yes, they got um, controlling. Um, I guess like 60% of Hulu. <laughs> they have, um, what else? They have a, a different channels. Um, so what else do they have? I, I'm, I think they have FX. I think they have, which would be interesting. Um, which is funny. Um, well, is it? Well, it's interesting. I'm thinking about Ryan Murphy because Ryan Murphy has a deal with FX because you know all his stuff is there, but he also has a deal with Netflix, right? Got that deal. So how does that work? Because if they got a hold of that, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of everything is not like uh, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, during an acquisition or merger, mm-hmm. everything is not known right there off the bat, especially like uh, people whose jobs are at stake, you know, all of that jazz. But um, it's, they have uh, The Simpsons, which, I mean, really, do you, they could have gone ahead and cut that anyway. But um, it's so many, so much stuff that they have. So much stuff. And yes, they do have the X-Men. The rumor is they won't be really starting on that stuff until 2021 when it comes to them. Um, What I also heard is everything will be snatched except Deadpool. Yes. They will keep 
right you know ryan reynolds has made which that's a smart move because that's he has made that in his own way and i think that was a smart move on his part um but everything else is up to grabs so i'm sorry miss ship but that, uh. <laughs> that means you're, not, you're not on this train and that's okay that's okay you know, you 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 you'll find something, but they will be doing stuff then, and um, they also will have uh, a big chunk. They pretty much have the Fantastic Four, which has a lot of stuff in Fantastic Four as well um, that they can do with that, because a lot of Fantastic Four has a lot to do with all of them. Like they are all connected, mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff that you see in Avengers will have a lot to do with Fantastic Four and the Elementals because they also have a lot to do with Fantastic Four. Um, so now, we'll- I knew this, this purchase was 70, $71.3 billion. So they own a lot. And I know that Fox News is going to be, a, Fox News and their subsidiaries are not included no. I read that right. They're not included in this um, purchase. Maybe I'd be happy too because that would have been probably the end of them. They'd be like, "Guess what?" Right. We're gonna start talking about Donald Duck. <laughs> they could have been just rude and be like, "Bitch, all y'all gone. We're gonna talk about Donald Duck. We're gonna have Uncle Scrooge on here." Like they could have been like this really. I wish they did though, but you never know. They might be bold and be like, "You know what, y'all? We're just gonna." Y'all can have the rest of them. We'll take Fox News. See what you do there. Because they could if they really want. I mean, yeah, they they true. It's just, I, I'm excited for what they do as far as the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to stop acting like, oh, because we're excited that we don't give a damn about people losing their jobs. It's like, we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it does suck to lose a job, but y'all don't put that on us. Mm-hmm. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, because I, I have a couple of friends who are losing their jobs, and I was mindful of that. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I said, I'm sorry. I said I'm happy for this piece, and I understand that that comes to the cost of that. But you know, they get a severance. I know they get it. Well, they suppose all of them are not gonna get a severance, but I know some of them are getting a severance. But at the same time. I had another friend who was kind of rude. <clears throat> he was like, y'all know this is coming? So, because I had one friend who literally now started looking for a job. I'm like, you should have started looking for a job like a while ago. Like, I would have. Like, if I know it was coming, I'd be like, well, let me start looking. Right. Well, again, I don't know how that works. So maybe they couldn't if they want their severance. I don't know how that works. But, you know, it's it's going to happen. It's happening. Um they said like as many as ten thousand people are expected to be laid off, but but some of y'all will get picked up, especially those of y'all who work in certain parts that are you know very feasible to many of these studios. So hopefully y'all get picked up with a lot of you know production companies out there, you know like Monkey Paw and all that. Hell, where I live, there's that's that's all around me. Basically, is a bunch of Valhalla. A lot of these places. A lot of production companies around here, so I'm sure you know if y'all are really talented and stuff, they'll pick y'all up. But right, but the rest, you know, the rest of y'all, you know, good luck. I know this is going to suck, but I hope that you make the best of your severance. I had a friend who went through a lifetime closed down in New York City. He had a great severance. So, mm-hmm. hell, man, I lost my job with the uh, 
being McCutcheon, I had a severance. Yeah. Even though, you know, how they shut down was dirty as fuck. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Enjoy it. Man, be careful with your severance because it's easy to get caught up. Honey. <laughs> it is. It is. Because you're like, ooh, I can get this. But it's like, well, there ain't nothing coming in. So you better oh, be careful. Yep. But yeah, that's happening. Um, and then some interesting <laughs> news is happening too on the DC front when it comes to the Titans. Yes. So the next season of Titans, they have cast a trans deaf actor, uh, a 20 year old genderqueer artist uh, for the role of Joseph Wilson uh, Jericho. Mm-hmm. He, his, uh, the actor's name is, uh, what is his name? His name is, he's cute though. Uh, he is cute. Like, mm, all right. I had his name in my head. <laughs> I kept seeing it so many times. Um, what is his name? Chella. His name yeah. is Chella Man. And so he's going to play Jericho. Now, I know, are you familiar with Jericho? Because I'm not. Yes. So Jericho is the son of Deathstroke. Deathstroke had two sons and apparently a daughter rose. Um, his first son is dead. Um, and uh, this current son, um, because of some things that he did, got um, his family almost killed. And the reason why he can't speak is because um he got his throat kind of cut um and luckily um wilson slade um actually you know killed that person and saved um saved his son um and that is all that reminds me of somebody (laughs) that reminds me of a uh x-men oh oh gosh Oh fuck! Everything is just escaping me right now. Yeah, but that, but all that is actually, and it's interesting because all that plays out in the. Um, oh no! See, that's happened to me. The, the Judas contract. You see, when y'all, when you see the Judas contract, only y'all think about is Tara, but y'all don't realize that a lot of it has to do with Jericho, because a lot of it has to do with Deathstroke and Jericho. Jericho was introduced at that time about that but we really don't so you know i would say if y'all get a chance get that get that graphic novel and read it because there's a lot about jericho in that but yeah it's gonna be interesting because jericho was was made queer um a few years about a year or two ago in the comics so for them to go this route is very fascinating um Mm -hmm. and um i think you can look at certain episodes on, on uh for free now if you want to look at Titans. So um, check that out. Uh, people did like Titans. Some people didn't like it because it was too dark. Um, but I'm going to check it out just to, you know, watch it all at once. But this is an interesting move. I'm, I, I, this is nice to see them actually do that. But, I, you know, I hope they give this character a lot. Um, now, keep in mind with Jericho. Jericho, he makes contact with you. So if he looks at you, he can get into your body and become you. So he'll he'll be in your body controlling all your functions and everything, um, uh-huh. but and that's what that's that's his power. He'll look at you and then all of a sudden like oh, and Jericho's in your body and he's doing all the things you can't do. So if you can't fight, he can fight through your body, 
um, and fight really well. So um, it's an it's, it's, uh, interesting character. And again, if you really want to know a lot about him, start with the Judas Contract. And also in some more DC uh, Titans casting news, they cast uh, Chelsea uh, T. Zhang uh, as a series regular for the role of Rose Wilson, mm-hmm. a Ravager, which is, isn't Ravager um, Slade's daughter? Yep. So come on, uh, all in the family. All in the family. His family is messed up. I'm telling you, I read the comic because they've been through some mess. But it is what it is. Rose is an assassin. You, she cannot be played with or trifled with. So check her out. I think she's also kind of queer. So yeah. that image that they have of her is sick. With her, uh, the bodysuit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I might have to copy that for you know for some drag purposes, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they are really doing it. So I am, you know, I'm really impressed and I'm really excited about what they're trying to do with this show. So, um, you know, and you know, to be honest, it has been said plenty of times that the, the DC Direct series have been a whole lot better than the CW series. So, just saying. I want DC. I mean, not DC. CW. I want to think about some things. Speak, uh, speaking of uh, CW, did you hear that they finally uh, ending uh, Supernatural? Fifteen years, child. I'm like, if y'all ain't saved heaven and hell by now, then y'all need to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're finally ending it. Now, I I did watch some episodes. Um, and you know the two main characters they've been in it for a while they both cute men what you call it it's tall um, the dark hair Jared uh, yeah he is tall um, but um, you know the show has some good things into it it's not it's not a trash show it's just I just didn't have time to really get into it to devote to it but it's a pretty decent show um, is it I mean how is it decent did you see that commercial where they said uh it was diverse and whatnot and you saw all the white actors doing yeah. the commercial. I'm like um now read the room y'all no the show the show is not as diverse now there's been times like um um the Jared Jason jail second is his name Jason yeah, he's had I think in, I think the first or the first two seasons, one of his girlfriends was his ex or whatever was black, and she was featured in there I think once or twice. Uh, yeah, and they've had different type of characters play different gods, and they were different backgrounds and what have you. They've played around with that over the years. Uh, <coughs> there's been some diversity mixed in those episodes, so I'll, I'll give them that. It's just I can't believe they've been around fifteen years, and that's why I'm going like, what else could y'all have done? So I like I went through like read like what happened throughout the uh, seasons. I'm like, y'all could have y'all could have took that season, this season, that season, did five and called it a day. Like that's what you could have done. But you, hey, you know it worked, and people were fans. And I ain't gonna lie, they fans helped out when I was doing my Kickstarter. A lot of the 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 web the the page the the Twitter handle for one of the fan pages. I ain't going to complain because they gave a lot. So I'm just saying that, you know, they have a strong fan base. People love them enough to do that. So it is what it is. Yeah, go ahead and cut that show off. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Lord. So let's see. Um, do we have anything else that's happening? I mean, like I said, we already talked about us, um, which is something we have to review, and I can't wait for you to see it. Um, I, I was planning on seeing it Sunday, but uh, I have got my Sunday is booked, <laughs> booked solid like a rock, honey. Oh Lord! Yeah, I'll I'll talk about it offline with you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it hasn't been a lot that's been going on. You know, but what was going on for some reason we kept seeing this because we know the merger was coming. You know, storm is going to be. <laughs> In the MCU, and y'all continue, and we've had people even come for us trying to tell us about why Storm needs to be with um, Black Panther. And I'm just telling y'all, for y'all to equate her existence to a man that way is trash. I'm sorry. But y'all keep saying, like, why wouldn't she want to be queen? I'm like, well, because she's been worshipped as a goddess. <laughs> why go? Why step down? You know, I'm right. like, I've been worshipped as a god, as a queen of a small-ass country. Child, please. Y'all need to understand, just because Storm is black and African and T'Challa is black and African, don't mean they need to be together. Keep in mind, they put them together. It wasn't even black folks who put them together. This was, a, this was kind of a, a money plot to, like, get the two popular characters together. This was also to help revise Black Panther's cloud. So they <laughs> use you know, one of the most popular women in the Marvel Universe to help do that, which is cute, but that was not done, it was not done in a, in a, in a way that is respected. And also, people kept saying, well, they have a past. I said, they don't have a past. That was all recon just to justify the marriage. The original recon of the, the original meeting of them happened in Marvel, one, uh, Marvel Team Up 100. They met they they talked about their past. They ran a situation happened where they crossed paths again, talked about when they met, but they didn't have a romantic relationship. They were friends and what have you. And yeah, it crossed their mind, I believe, but they never acted on it. They never even went there with it. They just kind of said, you know, that was the time. We we are two different people. Let's enjoy life. And that's what happened. Um, but they reconned all that mess just to justify that, oh, they should be married. But that was like a lazy, a lazy thing to do because there was like two black characters. Why not? So for y'all, a lot of y'all don't know that history, and that's why y'all keep out, out here caping for it. But for those of us who know that or have an idea of that, it's lazy and we don't want it. So stop trying to make that happen. And I don't think they're going to make that happen because um, Lapita is... A... Right. Why would they just get rid of her? And even if they do, that's not Storm's role. Now, Storm can appear in Black Panther because she could be a legend they heard about that weather goddess. And then maybe something happens. But I don't think, I don't think if they're going to do anything with her, they may leave that something else. Again, we have no idea. But let's not try to put them together because they just both black. <laughs> That's like right. oh, it's for the culture. Like yeah. you know what, whatever. That's like saying let's put the gay people together because they both gay. Right. <laughs> like that's not how that works either. So, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. So you know what? Let's go ahead and clean off this tea because mm-hmm. we've got to get into uh, the King's Eyes issue. We do. So, in honor of. 
the dark pair keep dropping. (laughs) We found it would be better to discuss the similarities and the differences of the comic book Phoenix Saga and the animated series of the Phoenix Saga. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's jump on into it. So if y'all don't really know, there, you know, the comics are they, the comics really got into this deep. And um, back in the, I will say, seventy nine and eighty was the time that we got the Phoenix and then the Phoenix Saga. Um, the Dark Phoenix Saga is what a lot of the things are based on. So we're not going to really go into the Phoenix Saga because that started way ahead and that's the whole Imcrime Crystal and all that situation. But what we're going to do is kind of talk about the, the really turning moment um, for Phoenix. So what we're talking about is the Phoenix Saga that happened um, from issue um, way back from 129 and it goes all the way I think to um, 138. Um, at the time, you know, Jim Shooter was the editor. Um, Chris Claremont, who is a main staple when it comes to anything X-Men, was the writer, um, along with John Breyer, who was also um, the artist, um, and Terry Austin. And Terry Austin was the inker, and Terry Austin also worked on the new Teen Titans. So it's a little bit of history with all that stuff, but we're going to get into each of the comics and kind of talk about some of the, the highlights and pieces there that was kind of neat. So let's go ahead and let's talk about um, issue 129, uh, which was very interesting. Um, and it was uh, that particular one was called Appearing. Um, no, I think it was like God Spared the Child. <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> titles, but um, it was God Spared the Child. And um, in this one, um, we got introduced to Kitty Pride. That was our first appearance, um, as well as the Hellfire Club. That was the first appearance of the Hellfire Club, including Emma Frost. Now, you know, Emma Frost got that head laid like world peace. <laughs> she had that, that bob. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bob. Um, but yeah, this issue here was like they just got through fighting um, Proteus, Proteus, who was more Metagrid's son. Now, if y'all watched the cartoon, they did do the episode of that. Um, and so now the, car- the, the comics was actually more darker than the, the cartoon because I know in the, the comics, they kind of made up uh, him and Proteus' dad because uh, he was trying to find them and, you know, whatever. But wasn't it darker in the comics? Yeah, so in the comic, they, t- they alluded that um, Proteus' dad was very abusive to uh, Mora. In fact, left Mora, like, almost left for dead. He beat her a lot and left her. She almost dead. She even mentioned that. Um, but um, his the the son was locked away because of the fact that he was it was like mutant X and it was dangerous. When, when Jason, I think it was Jason, when he got loose, he went looking for his father, merged with his father, and took his father's rage and hatred and just all that together became just this. Mm-hmm. They they first real fight of evil, basically. That's what it was known for. So. What we get in this episode is they 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 just got through fighting, and they're going back home. Um, and you know, Mora and the Ban- and Banshee stay, 
aside, you know, Vashi Mara with a couple. Um, but they, you know, they, they kind of leave and they go back. Um, and then, um, you know, they, they go throughout their day and a little bit of what we see is Scott thinking about, you know, Gene, because he was like, you know, like, yeah, you know, Gene is just a little bit worried about her. And that's kind of a theme that you would see with Scott is the fact that, you know, he's like, okay, she's powerful, but also he's dealing with his true feelings for her because it was not been said as beforehand. He thought they were all dead because they fought Magneto and, um, something happened where like a lava broke through and um, it split up the X-Men where Beast and Jean escaped, but the rest of them were missing. So they thought they didn't even know that each other were alive for a while. And so when he saw Jean again, it's just brought up all these feelings, but he also taken he what Mora told him that, you know, she's been getting very powerful lately. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you could see those, that concern in the first couple of pages about Scott, uh, he's very worried about the woman that he loves. Mm -hmm. And he's just realizing how much he does love her and how he wants to protect her. But he's like, yeah, there's something, something's wrong with her and I'm scared. And that's, it's it's interesting to see that on paper and in the comics because in, the series you saw a little bit of it but he was frustrated to the point where she wasn't getting any better she was still controlled by this phoenix Mm. and the phoenix wasn't leaving because you know in the um in the animated series it opened up much like uh in the comics where they were on um Muir Island, but Xavier was trying to convince the Phoenix to leave and she wouldn't. And yeah. so they did on all these tests on her and Moira was like, uh, you know, it's just best that you take her home because I don't know what else to do with this bitch. Yeah. And in the comic, it was more of like, you know, genius, like, you know, they, they, they work, they put like circuit breakers, they kind of, you know, make sure, like, you know, she can handle it. And she's like, oh, you know, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, but what was interesting was um, this is where they they detected two new mutants, and so the first one they were going to go after was Kitty Pride. She was in Chicago, um, and that's where we get to see a little bit about Storm. You know how Storm and their relationship started. Storm and Kitty, um, Storm, you know, saw herself in her because mm-hmm. Storm, as y'all knew, grew up um, on the you know, on the streets of Cairo, walking the you know walking the desert, you know, a thief and what have you. So she was you know connected to the child. Um, but you also got to see Emma Frost, and you learned that Emma Frost was heading as a headmistress of a school, and she was also trying to get her hands on Kitty Pryde. Uh, and it's interesting how they did not know, like, both of them telepaths, because Xavier was there when they went to go see her, um, Kitty Pryde, and they crossed paths, and I'm like, they didn't, like, it was interesting how, like, both of them telepaths, like, you would have thought, like, oh, wait a minute. You know? Right. What's really going on here? Who are you? And uh, <laughs> you mentioned like, you know, something about her makes his hair stands up. But um, what happens was at the time they get attacked. And that's when we get to see the Hellfire Club. Um, their goons kind of go after them, but they are very evil. They, the way the goons are set up, they are able to fight a particular X-Men through because they are set up to fight the ones with certain powers. Um, they had to switch it up and everything. 
Um, but then they, you know, they still, they got taken down by the White Queen. She used her telepathic powers and took them all out. But what was kind of cold for me, well, I remember reading it way back in the day, was like when they were leaving, Emma Frost was like, well, who's, these people still here? Are they alive? We'll just blow it up. And just whoever's left alive, kill them. And it was like, mm-hmm. they blew up the building and left. But we also see Kitty Pride, you know, sneak along the ship <laughs> and kind of go with that. And I was like, okay, we see something's about to go down here. But let's even back up before that, because when the panels were, when the jet was leaving Muir Island and then the Hellfire Club's jet, they were already on track with the yeah. X-Men. And that's when Jean started getting her quote-unquote time slips and Wingard or Mastermind was planting those little seeds little by little to get her on his side and to break that control. Yeah. And that was interesting what he was using. He was using her, this, this thing about her being Lady Grey. And it was very interesting just to see how he was able to tap into those pieces because there is, I think there's a scene where you see, um, you see him in the back, you see a shadow. Well, no, you see kind of a, a feel of him in the, in the shadows uh, um, as well as the rest of the Hellfire Club too. And then you see Emma in her full outfit. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was kind of interesting to see. So I remember when I read this, I was like, okay, we're about to have, something's about to go down here. So that was a good introduction to what we were about to see as we move forward into the series. It was. And what did you think about Xavier? He felt as if, I I felt like he was holding back a lot of information from the X-Men in like the first few pages of the comics. I think, yeah, I think because he wasn't completely sure what was going on with her, he didn't want to aloof, I mean, alarm everybody. Like, we don't want to watch this, especially Scott, because I knew Scott was already tense, and I think he kind of noticed that about Scott. Um, because there was a part where, you know, he was like, Xavier was working with the other X-Men, and, you know, Gene and Scott was like, was just walking around, you know, like, can take some time for themselves. But um, I, I think that he was like, I, I don't have all the information yet, and I just want to see what happens before going any further. So I think he was kind of being an analytical person at the time, but because, you know, nothing was really freaking him out yet. And I also, I think that maybe he was still reeling from how, now I haven't read the the first part of the Phoenix Saga, um, but, you know, in the, the animated series where he got attacked and the Dark Shroud of his inner thoughts were coming out yeah. and how he was attacking the, uh, his own X-Men. And I don't know if that happened in the comics, but maybe that's why he was a bit reserved or taken back from the X-Men because he was scared that he might lash out or something might trigger his own dark tendencies. A little bit of that. And also remember they, he thought they were dead. He only had Gene and, and Beast in the comic, um, they the only ones who came back. So when everybody came back, I guess he was kind of like, let me just kind of get a hold of what's been going on here. And I don't think he even realized how, you know, deep this was until it was almost too late. Uh-huh. So let's see. Now we move into 130 and we get the Dazzler. So one half of the team um, 
that was in Chicago with Kitty Pryde, that was Storm Colossus and Wolverine. Um, the other half um, was Gene, Scott, and Nightcrawler. So they go, I think, New York. They were in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And they were going to go check out the Dazzler. She was playing at this dive the bar basically um and so they go there but what was interesting and what always stuck with me was we're beginning to see some cracks in gene and there was a part where she's like they, they're in this club you know it's like one of those you know all types it's like it's whatever type of club you could think of it's kind of sleazy and they're you know all types were there and there was a part where she mentioned like these thoughts like oh they're so vile but yet attractive i'm attracted to it yeah mm-hmm. it's like up there. and that was beginning there was some little pieces of that we were seeing um and so that was kind of fascinating because i was like what does that really mean you know and then we get the dazzler um you know allison basically kind of showing off herself but also we learned that the hellfire club is there as well so they attack mm-hmm. um, i was wrong about the shadow thing the shadow thing was in this one when it came to um, but um, they attack um, again. They were all set up to attack certain certain X Men because of you know what they know about them, and it was kind of interesting to see how that went down and what have you. Um, but I think at the meantime, we see um, Storm and Wolverine. All they captured. They even got they even got Xavier, uh-huh. and it hasn't really been shown how they got Xavier. And I'm like, how did they get Xavier? I'm like that. That was interesting. But they did get him. And so the White Queen is, you know, doing all this talk about everything. And she is, she is ruthless. She's threatening them. Like, if y'all don't get this together, y'all could be replaced. Like, you know, she's. Right. I paid too much money for that shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that was very interesting to see. But um, what I like about this one was, again, just seeing, you know, those cracks in Gene. But also that nice panel of. You know, Wingard is out there, but if you pay attention to the shadow, it kind of gave you an idea that that wasn't who he really was. Uh-huh. Um, and I like um, how I think I think it's when Scott kind of said, like, wow, Gene just took us straight up here as it was nothing because they changed it. Yeah, she changed into the, their costumes. Yeah, he was he was so taken back from that. Yeah, he was like, whoop, we already did our, you know, stuff. And, 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 I, and I was like, okay. But then it helped me as a reader back then to be like, oh, she must be really powerful if you take, I mean, you've seen everything, Cyclops, but apparently this has really got you shook. So, uh-huh. Now, in, in the, the cartoon, um, you could also see those little cracks um, in Gene because uh, there was one scene where, Scott is talking to Jane and she's on like a bed rest or something. And he's like, I have to go back to the club to meet that the dazzler. And Jane says, leave me to be with another woman. Go there. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, calm down. Calm down. (laughs) uh, Maybe you'll have to keep me, uh, keep her safe from me or something like that. Yeah. But, that's yeah. true that's true because i was like oh that was really interesting um but it was interesting that also again we were seeing you know a little bit of what was going down with the hellfire club and what they were up to um and i think is that when um i think that's when kitty pride was like they was like okay you need to figure out what we're gonna do next because um she not yet called on the phone yeah because uh, Colossus 
Wolverine, Storm, and Professor X were already captured. Yeah. So uh, if she tried to get Storm out, but Storm told her to run yeah. uh, and call, so she called and got Nightcrawler on the the on the phone in the roles. Yeah, and let's talk about Storm. Storm was, you know, she um, was telling her how to you know, do things. But I love that Storm had like the phone numbers right here, right here in this, <laughs> in this little piece of my outfit. Right. <laughs> Something ever happened to me? I got lockpicks in my hair, and they even mentioned that they was like, you know, Storm is a good thief. Check everything on her because she has lockpick. And again, that goes back to her. Her, her 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 past which is always nice when they used to reference like she used to be a thief and this woman knows how to get out of anything so y'all need to like check her thoroughly but i love that that the basic thing goes right there in her in her and a little strip of her outfit it's like here's the phone number everything i'm like come on storm come on with the safety right they're not gonna get you so <laughs> it was like that but i locked up <laughs> But yeah, I was really into that part, and uh, I'm, you know, it was really neat um, to see that. Yeah. So uh, in the the animated series, so Wingard is still doing his mind tricks on Jean, and she slips back into the time, and uh, she starts getting more and more on his side. And uh, there was a scene where they kiss. Mm-hmm. And they kiss right in front of um, Cyclops, and right at this time, Jean's under his spell, and yeah. so they leave the club together. Um, and Scott tries to go after them, but Dazzler steps in to help, and she tells Scott that those were the same goons that tried to kidnap me. Mm-hmm. So I, for some somehow they found out how they where they were in the um, mm-hmm. in the city. And uh, I remember Scott said that uh, Xavier couldn't contact Jean. And there was a a line that Storm said, she's like, maybe perhaps Jean doesn't want to be found. Uh, So they all got up in there, which it was easy to break in. But you had Weingard, you had Emma Frost, you had uh, Leland, you had Donald Pierce, and you had, um, who was the guy, Sebastian Shaw. So they were very mat- well matched with the X-Men. It caught them lacking and got them hemmed up. Yeah. And so let's just jump into, we'll go ahead and jump into um, issue 131, Running for Your Life. And that right there, um, as a, that, that comic started out with a bang because it has a huge panel of Kitty running. She's been running all night, basically, what they were saying. And they was they've been keeping up with her. And she's been she hasn't really got into her phasing powers completely yet, because now they wouldn't be able to find her. But back then she was just 13. And so um she was running. Imagine, y'all, you're 13, you got people chasing you, you got powers, you don't know what you you know. So she's running. I I think she even lost a shoe. But there right. was one thing that um all of a sudden Phoenix pop up and they was like, run her down. And that is that scene. It's the panel of she's waving her arms and that car just, just yeah. up. And I was like, Ooh, but I love that art because the way she looked with that fiery looking hair, it was, cause let me tell you something about, this is why I got into hair and stuff in comics because Bitch, when they was like showing her in her glory, they would give her some full body hair. Like she had, 
And I was like, ooh, I'm feeling this scene. She's just standing there, all this hair in the wind. And I was like, ooh, okay. She done busted up this car and everything. Um, but also, you know, Kitty keeps running and Nightcrawler finds her. And, uh, you know, they, they sit down and it's like, okay, let's, what happened to you? And then first Kitty hides. Um, and then Jean, you know, switches back in her regular clothes again. And um, they learn about what happened to the others through a rapport um, with one of the guards and how Gene just slipped through his um, his psychic um, shields that the White Queen. That's when they learn about Emma and the rest of them from there. Uh-huh. That panel where uh, Kitty Pride finally just falls into Gene's yeah. arms and just yeah. cries, it was so touching because you felt like Kitty had just been running for her life. Yeah. And yeah. she was about to die and, you know, she was just so tired and she wanted to be home. And, you know, she was just a kid. Yeah. And, and you then, saw, uh, go, sorry, go ahead. No, I also make a joke because she saw another fellow white woman. Right there. <laughs> 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 like, but no, that was, I remember when I first read, I was like, yeah, I can get that. You know, you're just born, like you're safe, you know, like you didn't know what to think. And because she, she didn't meet Jean, she met the other one. So she uh-huh. didn't know to trust her, but she was like, hey, I'm just trying to trying to help, because she saw what happened. You know, uh-huh. you see this red-haired woman drop out of the sky and all of a sudden just destroy a car like that. You're just like, I gotta keep going. I don't know if I can trust her or not. Exactly. <laughs> it, you know, you uh, realize that Scott was becoming more and more concerned. Because yeah. he was like, okay, she never has done that before. Yeah, and when she basically ripped the information from homeboy's uh, head, she was like, "Wait, when did we start doing that, girl?" Yeah, and even the way when I think they even noticed <coughs> when she destroyed their car, um, she was like, "This is more than what they de- like. This is not even what they deserve." And I was like, "Okay, you're." So, did you feel her? Like you, she said, "Did you feel, you know, their thoughts? Did you feel their thoughts to her stock terror? You know." Just, you know, you just don't understand. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you felt all of that stuff. Um, but then we'll just, let's jump back into um, the headquarters or wherever they were with White Queen. And that's where she got Storm all pent up. And she's basically just talking about like, you know, don't try to fight my psychic probes because the harder you resist, it's going to hurt. And I don't want to hurt you. I want to be your friend. I'm like, bitch. She was doing the most. She was. I'm like, Emma, see, this is why I never liked you. We always going to, I don't, you know, Emma has been through a lot of things over the years. But that moment, I was like, first of all, you you messing with Storm. I'm not really feeling you on this. Because you ain't messing with nobody else like this with Storm. But anyway, that was something that, it gave us a little bit more of an insight of like, we need to like pay attention to Emma Frost because she's nobody to, to mess with. Uh-huh. Um, but then there was that scene, I think, when Jean put that whole thing, put the car back together. I think Scott was like, she put this car back together. Right. How the fuck did she do that? Not only she did that, but then she was like talking through the other guy. She was like talking to him. You know, like talking through him psychically, like having him like say, "Oh yeah, I got we caught these X Men." And uh-huh. now, I know Scott was Scott was shaking in his boots. Yeah, because she's just doing this. I put the car together. I'm got this. I'm acting like I can talk. You know, like I'm controlling what this man is doing and saying. Because um, even they was like thinking, "Wait a minute, you caught these? How'd you catch them?" Because I was like thinking, "Yeah, I would be like that guy. Too. Like, how did you catch?" Those are some strong X Men, right? Think? With your weak ass, like what the <laughs> so. 
but yeah, this was one of my favorite ones because it was just, it was just something about this particular um, comic that was like, okay, all right, we see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. We see what's going on here, and but I think what was neat was is this the moment where um, when Gene showed up uh, when they was coming to get um, Emma? No, it was coming to get the rest of them. And Emma was like, okay, Storm, when they, when they find you, you're going to be like nothing. You know, nothing left. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's that panel of Jean was like, Emma Frost, I heard of you. <laughs> right. She's like, I'm. <laughs> she basically did, uh, Barbara, this is Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene because Jean had that look in her face like, okay, you're about to get because uh, she was like, I heard you somewhat over tell. I was like, uh oh. It was all. It was like that moment that you mentioned. It was also the Brandy and Monica moment where it's like, excuse me. Um, <laughs> right. You yeah. might not know who I am, <laughs> but let me tell you what I'm about to do. And it was funny to see that fight because it was like you 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 saw it through Storm's face, mm-hmm. um, and you saw like wow, she's watching this, and she's like, this is. You you begin to see it from a different perspective because we always saw it from Scott. Now you see it from Storm. And Storm is like, okay, she's doing a lot. Like, this light show is not, there's no joke. And so yeah. she beats the hell out of Emma. Emma tries to do this one last thing that, not, that gets her knocked unconscious. Now, I remember I read it. I was like, did she, like, burn up Emma? Because it looked like she killed Emma. Cause That's was, what I thought, too. I was like, what did she do to Emma? Because Emma tried to strike, and then boom. And I was like, oh. And Jean was, and then when the smoke cleared, there's Jean and Storm just standing there. And she said she didn't fare too well. I was like, oh, damn. All right. But I think also we saw more of some cracks with Jean when, um, you know, when they get Kitty back home and the family were mad. Like, what the hell happened? And Jean just, like, say enough. And then right, like, oh. look, I ain't got time for this bullshit. Which is what we probably would have done, too. Like, you know what? <laughs> Shut up. Like, it's that type yes. of... Snap, and then, okay. Let's talk about Storm. Storm has some headdresses. Like, because <laughs> at the time, there was, like, Storm couldn't really walk around with her white hair out like that, because, you know, she had this puffy white hair out here, and they just kept it all in these little scarves and everything else and you know it was her outfits were kind of i liked her outfits i know that's a side note but i love storm's outfits back in the day mm-hmm. the, the little boots and everything but gene had on a sick outfit too if you know like if you notice pay attention to what gene was wearing like when she was in regular clothes and then if you notice this outfit it was like a very low cut um thing that was showing like part of her cleavage i was like okay i this is group beginning to see are you talking about the dress that she wore when they entered uh, the the party? No, like no, the, when like when they went to the club looking for Dazzler, she had on like you know a very you know safe white woman looking outfit. Mm-hmm. And then okay. and then those when they went back when they was taking um, Kitty home, the outfit that she wore that was kind of it was another low cut looking outfit. Um, she had a scarf on, but it was kind of low cut. It showed a little bit of her cleavage and that. I was like, okay, I see you. I see what you. I'm going to pay more attention as I have read it over the years. Like, okay, your outfits were kind of changing along. Yeah. Um, 
so I noticed that too. So that was kind of neat. Um, and I was like, okay. But then Xavier was also noticing, like, what's going on here? Because right. I was like, did you do this, Xavier? He's like, I didn't do this. Like, it was like, oh, her. <laughs> so, you know, I, it was nice. As, it was beginning to, like, okay, we need to have some concern about her. Right. Like, I don't know this bitch. Because <laughs> she is showing out. All right. So we're, we're moving along to 132, and that is, um, and Hellfire is there. <laughs> Now they are learn. They learn about um, Hellfire Club, but they, they take a little break, so they go and hang out with Aunt, with Angel and his girlfriend Candy Southern. That's her name. <laughs> I laugh at it because that's a porn name, Candy Southern. That's her name, but that was her name. Um, so they go hang out. I think in New Mexico, and um, there. Um, they kind of, you know, recap what's been going on and everything else. They just need to, like, have a break. But they also wanted to learn more about the Hellfire Club. But this is also when Gina Scott gets some do-it fluid. Uh, yeah, so uh, Angel and Scott go off into their little meeting and whatever. And Jean's ass... <laughs> He's like, he was like, some, uh, I, I think Scott said something. He's like, what, what? I'm like, bitch, like, why do you always have to sneak up on me? She did, because they were like, <laughs> uh, like on the, because Angel took Scott way out because they just wanted to talk. Because you know, they, they grew up together. They were the original five. Mm-hmm. So they went way out there. And then Gene just flew out of nowhere, you know, with a lunch basket, <laughs> picnic basket. I'm yeah, like, oh, Yogi Bear head ass. <laughs> and then, uh, then she changed her outfit to like a little bathing suit. Um, and then they started talking and everything else. But they just alluded to that they had sex. And, and they had sex. On, on right. He, he dicked that woman down. What the fuck yeah. y'all talking about? Now, in the, the cartoon, they were already captured by yeah. the X-Men, or by the Hellfire Club. Uh, except Wolverine. Because like the comics, he had got uh, knocked down in the sewers by Leland mm. and was making his way up uh, to to the top. So during this time, uh, Shaw and Wingate are having this basically whose dick is better or whose <laughs> dick is bigger uh, pissing match. Yeah. Trying to control Gene. And uh, I think they they go. Um, if you if you think you can control her, then kill Scott. Um, and Scott is still psychically connected to Gene, so uh, he's trying to. There's a part where he's trying to get into her mind, and Emma Frost notices that, and she's like, "Okay, she's like somebody's trying to get in here." So she telepathically connects. Wingate and Jean together and Scott and Wingate have this kind of battle of on the astral plane and when Scott is trying to reach Jean she's like I don't want to I I don't I don't want to go back to what I used to know and I don't want to be held down by morality and what it is to be human you know I feel like the phoenix yearns for sensations that she doesn't know about. She yearns for these pleasures that you all were keeping from me. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of Wingate's and uh, Scott's duel, he theoretically kills him. Mm-hmm. But because he's still psychically connected to Gene, Gene doesn't allow Scott to be killed. That's why he can't die. Yeah. So that was very interesting because we all <laughs> see, and, and you know, I didn't, not to take it back then, it's interesting, like when they were messing around with Gene's head. Um, you know, I think that's when we we saw, you know, like how she, I think Storm, <laughs> it's not funny, but Storm was a slave. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Lord, okay. <laughs> how she addressed her there and... Um, she called her beauty, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, because that's what, that's what Aurora, Aurora means in her language is beauty. Um, so that is, that was very interesting, kind of sad to see. Um, how she slapped the shit out of her. Yeah. And I think this is, and, and then, yeah, that's when we had Wolverine kind of go down. And so this is where, um, no, not yet. Because I think this is, I think kind of jumped ahead, but um, no, I think we were on the same, we're getting there to where um, we get to where, you know, I think we were around at 133. Wolverine alone, that's a very well-known comic. It's a very standalone comic because you have Wolverine. We see the ferocity of Wolverine when he's the one who's left and he's fighting. Um, Everybody get back up there. Um, At the same time, um, we are really seeing a lot going on. And this is where we also get to have the introduction of Senator Kelly. And, you know, Senator Kelly will have, has a lot to do with Days of Future Past. Also, if you remember the movie, he was the he was in the first X Men movie. Uh-huh. Um, but we get to learn a little bit more about you know at the Hellfire Club. We learn about you know Leland and what his powers are. We learn a little bit about a lot of their things, um, um, and learn like Donald Pierce, which Donald Pierce was in Logan. That's who that person was. And didn't Donald Pierce, wasn't he, um, he got taken in with the the phalanx? Uh, yes. Yes, Donald Pierce, like, he's been through a lot. He was a lot, but he has a lot to do with Genosha, too. That's a little bit later on. No, I'm wrong. No, he doesn't. That's a lie. Um, But, yeah, with the phalanx, yes. So, it's a lot with Donald Pierce, um, because he also has a lot to do with the new mutants, because that's how they got. He went after the new mutants after this too. Um, but um, so we're dealing with you know Wolverine like getting back up there, and I th- and I think that's the moment where we begin to kind of see her break, um, in the way that Jean realizes like this, this is just too much. <laughs> this is just too much. But I'm gonna let's, let's go ahead and jump into 134 because that's when it just really just burns the hell up. Right. So, well, going back to the animated series, mm-hmm. Wolverine basically comes in and gets everybody. He causes a distraction, and when Gene is basically about to kill him, well, Phoenix is about to kill him. Gene realizes what she's done. And then at that time, she breaks free of Wingate's hold and frees the X-Men and just dips. So the X-Men get out, fight them, and Jean, well, 
let's go back to the comics because this is when Jean starts saying, you know what? <laughs> I'm the baddest bitch up through here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in, in this particular comic, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of broke free of that hold, but it's that moment where she confronts mastermind. And that's when you, she was like, you don't know what you've done. You have set, me free and the sensations and i love the artwork in that because it was just the way she looked in the corner they just show her as like a shadow almost and then she finds out that he's been using this thing that emma wrote this this mind tapping device that's how he's able to get her I'm like she was like you've never been that type of telepath how did you do it and he explains what he did she's like you don't understand what you've done now keep in mind everybody this is not jane gray this is the Phoenix who copied Jean Grey all the way down to the cells. So this is why she keeps saying like all these sensations in me is because this is not Jean Grey. This is a uh, alien that has copied Jean Grey, but because these feelings are new to her, you know, we feel horny and dirty and jealous and everything else. We just deal with it. It's, well, sometimes it has its effects when some of y'all be driving around looking for this man or woman be parked outside their house, whatever. But imagine if you are an alien and you never really had these type of feelings and you just got tempted with all types of things that's happening to you. So Gene, well, you know, Gene kind of confronts um, Jason and then she tells him, you wanted power? Well, I'll give you power. And she takes him on a mind trip throughout the galaxy. Yeah. And she did the same uh, thing. Well, I don't say it was the same thing. She says, let the world see how ugly you are. She breaks his facade and he's just a, an old man. And then she said to him, would you like to see how truly my original form or something, something like that? Mm-hmm. And I think that little mind trip renders him comatose yeah and i think in the comic she took him she took him throughout the universe and back quick and it was just too much from the bear and he just kind of like just fell out he was slobbering like it was like he was done and then you know all the x-men they 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 get together and they you know they get together and it's like let's get out um and that's when scott realized like okay Something just went down because she's just kind of out of it. And then when they get into the Quinjet and they, well, the X-Jet, whatever they get into and they leave, she just breaks. <laughs> right. And that's where we get, she gives that great speech. Well, see, she gives two speeches. So in the, in the comics, she goes, hear me, X-Men. No longer I'm the woman you knew. I am fire. I am life incarnate. Now forever I'm Phoenix. And I think in the, in the cartoon, she said, fire made flesh. Yeah, she said, uh, oh, what did she say? The, the, the mortal Jean Grey is no more. I am power, I am power reborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, yeah, she's like, you know what? Brand new me. Yeah. Yeah, and she just explodes and everything just goes crazy. Then we get into um, 135. So we get into, this is the introduction of Dark Phoenix. So her costume goes from green to red. <laughs> um, she shows out in this. Um, mm-hmm. She fights them all. She and She's not just fighting them. She's like, like knocking them out, but then like turning, 
trees into gold. And I think she did that in the cartoon as well. Yeah. Just showing out. And then, you know, after she beats them to death, leaves. Just leaves. Like um, go. But then also you see um, that people are feeling it. So you're seeing, like, you know, like, for example, um, Fantastic Four is like, what is going on here? Because these we're getting readings out the roof. And then Doctor Strange feels stuff. Silver Surfer is feeling stuff. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Sense goes off. Mm-hmm. Just a lot that's happening. But we also get to see something that's really interesting. Um, well, you know, after everything that's happened, you know, you got Sebastian shot. I'm like, what happened? Like, we were attacked by the X-Men. And they played, <laughs> you know, the white man victim. Like, um, they, right. they attacked us. But also we learned about um, Senator Kelly was talking too, and they was like, you know, well, we have this program called the Sentinel. So you kind of learn right then and there that Hellfire Club is also involved with the Sentinels as well. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, it's scary what they, those little tidbits, those little nuggets that they planted, mm-hmm. you see them come up in other issues, of other storylines. Um, now in the uh, the cartoon after she fought and beat the X-Men you saw the same kind of um, montage of people that were sensing this big energy uh, it was Doctor Strange it was actually Thor um, who else I think the Watcher mm-hmm. um, was one of them and he'll be will revisit him uh when we talk about the comics and coming up uh but yeah everybody registered this cosmic entity that came and blew up and left yeah so we had that but also this was the episode or not episode but also the comic where gene um attack um the dabari system and she literally destroys a star that destroys an entire planet and kills all these people. Um, and that just kind of, you got everybody just like, oh, <laughs> like, okay. And also the Landra them take heat. Like, that's like, wait a minute. Okay. This is out of hand. And we knew this was going to happen. Um, and so that's when we kind of realized like there's some stuff going on here. So they had to like deal with the fact that, you know, she has killed an entire planet of people. She has destroyed an entire race. Um, and she's just still out there chilling. And then she decides to go home. But at the same time, you know, the Beast has, Beast is a part of the Avengers. So he's helped them build this, this machine to kind of help damper her powers. So they have to have this plan to kind of get a hold of her. And this leads to the next episode or the next comic as well at 136 when they have to go to Gene's home because Gene goes home uh-huh. um, and then, you know, start up some stuff in the X-Men and fight her there. So that was an interesting fight too because it's like, wow, there's a lot going on with this. Right. Yeah. Um, backing up a little bit in the, the cartoon, she doesn't kill, she blows up in an uninhabited planet which I, I think it would have been too much for yeah, but, the a younger yeah. crowd to see like five million niggas just dead, dead yeah. right there. But um, yeah, Landra was like, "This is my worst nightmare that's come true," and so I gotta, I gotta do something about it. And she lost her 
most prized fighter trying to get through in the comics versus in the cartoon, they managed to get away and tell her, uh, yeah, the Dark Phoenix is out, out here wilding. <laughs> and so, yeah, because you, you saw it and you saw like, it was like, okay, y'all, this is no longer a joke. Um, and they're going to have to really figure out what to do and how to handle it. Um, and so in this one, you know, they, they fight her and everything else. But then it's that one particular part, and I think they did a little bit of it in the cartoon, where Wolverine gets a hold of her and she tells him to do it, kill her. Uh-huh. Yeah. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And it's like, okay, well, uh, Logan, you have been in this position before. Just do it. But she recovered and her and Professor had this the tussle. But um Professor X managed to put those those blockers back in. Yeah. And save it save them. True. So yeah, it was like there was a lot. Um but I love that scene where, you know, Xavier and Jean are fighting. Or, you know, you see like that was a moment, um, and you know, you think everything was. I remember I was like, okay, everything is is okay, okay. I think maybe they saved the day, but if you pay, if you really look at there are certain parts, there are certain panels, you could see something like a little ship flying in. Um, you saw that they were coming. She uh-huh. was like, no, you just don't get to kill everybody and think this is how it ends. You don't get to show up and be like. Um, oh, I didn't know what happened. But I thought it was interesting that when Jean, when Jean gets herself, you know, back in order, she reads Scott's mind and, and he kind of proposed to her. And she, yeah, I, I was like, did I read that right? Yeah. Um, but, <coughs> you know, that was short-lived because uh, Shiar came and teleported them away. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, they didn't well, uh, Lo- I mean, not Logan, but uh, Professor X didn't challenge the the Shi'ar in the duel on the ship. He, they were already on. They were still on the ground before he was like, uh, "Arlen Halar." Yeah. But in the comic, you know, once they got and we get to the big double size issue, which is, I'm telling y'all, if y'all collecting comics, you got to get it. You got to have this. This has to be in your collection. Um, we get to 137, um, and once they do get to the Shi'ar, I love that first page. Of, but they all like it's just this nice spread of all of them like standing there, like how the hell are we, you know? And yeah, and, and, and I love the way you know you know they address Lalandra and how they you know she's wearing her royal gag, you know she's wearing all that stuff and saying like you don't understand, you know she has to die. You know, she has killed these people. And then you see Jean like, I didn't, I can't believe I did it. You know, it was like all this and everything. But I like when you see like the thought bubbles, because it's like, you know, you have like Storm like, hey, man, you know, you're my sister, you know, all this stuff. But yeah, I was a little bit mad at Xavier because he was like, he, that's when he shouted out that thing. I'm like, you just volunteered. <laughs> you didn't ask them if they want to do this. You know, he's like, so. That's when he right. was, he's going to take this battle, and Landra was like, "Oh man, I didn't want you to do this, but if that's what you want to do, uh, 
she said uh, in the comics, I mean, in the cartoon, you shall have your Charles Duke, uh, Charles Xavier, mm-hmm. but you will, but I fear that you will live to regret what you have done this day. Yeah. And it's uh, it's crazy that they, uh, she had to, I did not realize this until I was reading it, that she had to, um, she had to go talk to her council, which were the scrolls and the Cree. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And th- now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for those of y'all, if you watch Captain Marvel, that is what, you know, for example, they were talking about, because um, uh, you got to see the Cree, but that's what they had to work with. And you kind of saw, you know, a little bit of that in this comic, you got to see a little bit of that tension that Cree has always had with the scrolls. Um, so you see a little bit of all of that and the supreme intelligence. Because if you watch Captain Marvel get it, talk about what does the supreme intelligence looks like, you saw the supreme intelligence. <laughs> so it was interesting to see her make this council. You know, she had to talk to everybody about what this is going to do. But I also like when they were talking to the X-Men individually or when they were in their individual, you know, cells or whatever. Um, just like, you know, like we have to fight for Jean and, you know, I have to do this. And everything else and you know storm was like you know you're my sister and if i have to and i don't like what you did but i will fight by your you know she was ride or die basically uh-huh. uh, also i have to say as a young reader at that time seeing colossus in his underwear but also seeing wolverine who was halfly kind of nude uh, uh, he was naked that yeah. nigga was naked <laughs> no I, I remember that did something to me like i was like oh <laughs> Harry man like yeah I remember looking at that like okay he is and I remember looking at it's like you know again Colossus and his white his his tidy whiteies it was like look at this but it was like wow you know they it was that moment they realized we're gonna have to fight for Gene you know this is what we are all about um but also like when Gene was like you know I'm gonna put on my old costume because if I'm gonna I start out as Marvel Girl I'm gonna go down as Marvel Girl and that that cover is very iconic. A lot of covers have copied that look um, between them. Um, but then, you know, when they had to go and fight on the blue side of the moon, you know, that battle began. And it was interesting to, 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 to watch the Imperial Guard because they were no joke either. That was... That's the look. We didn't get here by a LinkedIn or no <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Or no glassdoor.com. Look, we've been doing this. These are the best fighters from every race under the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah. With Gladiator being the a leader of the Praetorian Guards. So yeah. y'all little powers are cute, whatever. But these people, everybody can fly over here. Yes. yes. And so if you don't know what the Imperial Guard is or don't know by the name, we had Gladiator who was like just He was our uh, basically Marvel's equivalent to Superman. Yeah. Um, you had Warstar, you had Manta. Manta was the woman who, you know, had that weird cape thing that was kind of neat. Hussar with the whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, earthquake. Or- yeah, Earthquake. Oracle. Oracle was their psychic. Smasher, Starbolt, Tempest, and Nightshade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice they, had a gang. they had a gang of them. Yes. Um, and also for those fans of Storm, that was a moment that I remember when she was f- when fighting um, Earthquake, and she told like the cartoon she said something similar 
about like you know <laughs> where you can control that but who how you fare when you control the print when you can mm. control the air and everything else i was like okay yeah she said uh she said controlling the dirt is nothing to one who commands wind and rain i said yes bitch get in that <laughs> his ass he said no it's nothing bitch it's nothing when you can do who i am bitch but i was mad at hussar came up from behind her i was like that's i was like girl right oh Oh, goofy ass bitch! Like, <laughs> yeah. Then and then, um, um, Erica was trying to show out, and I was like, "Oh, now you're trying to do something now." She almost had you down on your knees, but okay. uh huh. It, it, like two one by one, took two of y'all. That's all I have to say. Then one by one, the X Men started falling off. You know, uh, Storm in the comic. Well, not the comics, but the cartoon. Hassan and Earthquake got Gambit and Storm, and then. Uh, Gladiator got Rogue. Yeah. Now, even though Rogue and Gladiator had fought before, mm-hmm. but you know, she was Gladiator was like, uh, we fought before, you know you can't win. And she's like, Oh, give the little girl a chance. <laughs> and so they started <laughs> fighting. And much like uh in the same uh as Colossus, they started fighting <clears throat> under that uh I guess it was decrepit buildings and it uh, came down mm-hmm. and Gladiator came out and was basically, okay, so what's next? Yeah. And then you had, it was the, it was the final part, you know, Gina Scott, they were fighting everybody, but it was that moment they had, it was like, this is, this is probably it, but you know, I love you and I like this stuff. And they went out there and, and they, I like that scene where it was like, you know, they, Jean took a moment where she used the dirt, she used her powers to like use the dust and the dirt to give them like a little wall. Mm-hmm. They had a moment to kind of like, okay, you know, I love you. This is it, but we will see what happens. <laughs> and so um, went out there and fought and Scott got shot down, I think by Starbolt. Starbolt. Uh, oh, well, in the well, yeah, in the comics it was Starbolt, yeah. and the cartoon it was him and Gladiator. Oh, and then um, that just snapped her. It broke all those circuit breakers, everything, and she came right on back. Um, and so, uh, you know, Xavier realized like, okay, well, damn, we we got to take her down. And so, in the comic, it was more like you knew it was they was like we have to kill her, and. You can see the anguish in Scott because he was like, I, I, I have to. There's no, we, we just have to do it. Yeah. Because it was like, if, if we don't kill her, the universe could be destroyed. Um, so you saw them really team up. And I think it was that one part when um, Colossus, something happened where, oh, yeah, that, no, he, um, Cyclops shot this, shot this, uh, these rocks down. And, it, and according to the comic, it was like way tons. And it brought her down to her knees, and you saw a little bit of that in the in the cartoon. I remember, um, but there was a part where Colossus was going to hit her, and he pulled back because it was supposed to knock her head straight up. Uh huh. I was like, Lord, but Storm was not playing at all. She put her in that hurricane. Yep. And they were going at it, but then I think when they when she had that moment, Jean was like, okay. I'm gonna have to just take myself out because none of y'all are gonna do it. But it was just that moment of seeing Scott pleading with her, you know, at that time. He was like, we can figure something. <laughs> like, we, I don't know if I can do this. And she, right. you know, went ahead and set it up. And, you know, boom, she was out. 
Um, yeah. And so it was really sad. It was sad. I and that was it. That was the end. The end, the last panel was where Gene was last stood. Yeah. And that was, that was the end. Was, now that you know they could they couldn't do that in the uh, the cartoon, so she reactivated the the Shiar's um, plan Omega, yeah. and shot herself. And I know the last when she was uh, getting destroyed, she's like, uh, "Part of me will always be with you, Scott." Yeah. And then she was gone, and the Phoenix still came back. And she was like, <laughs> basically, she's like, oh, girl, my bad. You know, I got carried away. <laughs> I was like, you did all this stuff, but then they, they set Jane free. But in the comics, she was gone. Um, I put it in 138 because it was when Scott decided he was leaving the X-Men. Um, they had her funeral. Uh, and they kind of did a lot of flashback, you know, from all the way from the beginning up to now. And that's when he left. Um, that's when um, Angel decided to be more active with the X-Men. Um, it was just so much that happened in that. And that's when we began to see, like, Storm became the leader. After that, um, you know, Scott did his um, Lonely Man travel. You know, he, just, he was like, I can't be here anymore. I can't take it. Now, what we haven't talked about was there was an alternative written to this where Gene lived. Um, and it's, and if you want to find it, it's called the Untold Story of the Phoenix. I have it. It's it's rare. It's kind of hard to find. Um, but it happened. It shows what happens where Jean did not um, completely go mad, and they took her and they lobotomized her. So they oh wow took the power from her. And, I, and I'll probably post um, that a little bit of those pages and stuff online. Um, but they lobotomized her and. Basically, they took, she no longer had psychic abilities. So once that was done, Scott was like, let's get the hell out of here, which was interesting in the comics, um, and where she lived. And there are comic, there's like some pages drawn, like not pages, but there's like panels drawn of what happened if she would have lived. But they left the X-Men. So there's parts where you see Logan looking out the window and crying when Scott and Jean leave. Um, but yeah, um, there was there was an alternative where they was going to let her live. But the decision was made by the writers that, no, we can't let her live because she killed millions of people. So they had to go this route. It wasn't until 1986 they decided to bring her back. So there was like six years of her death. Because um, she died in 1980, and then they brought her back, I think, in 1986. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, that... That, so when, I, when I first read it, I read, I didn't read it in the visual comics. I read it as a graphic novel. I think it's Marvel's one of first of Marvel's graphic novel series way back. So when I first got it, it was in 1990. Um, and I read that and I was like, whoa. Because I started reading X-Men late. So I started X-Men um, issue, I think it's two. 51. I started after, I started around there, 251. Um, but my best friend, her brother had old comics, and he had the comic where they fought um, Proteus, and I stole it, because he didn't even know he had the comic. He didn't know he had those comics left. <laughs> so, I was like, well, I'm going to borrow it. I never brought it back. 
Uh, and so that's when, when I read the saga, I was like, wow. That sparked me once. I was right. I wrote my own comic at the time about Amazon women as a group, you know, <laughs> back in those days. But it was like really interesting to be like, to read that at the time, you know, being a teenager and like really getting into comics. And to be honest, Gene and, and Gene and Storm are the reason why I even started really reading comics. I had a few Wonder Woman comics, but those two were the reason why I got back into comics back in that time. Because I started reading comics again in 1988, but not that deep. But when I got a hold of that book, bitch, I was my McDonald's check and my social security check was <laughs> It's mostly going to ordering back issues of comics. Uh So, I don't know. But, okay, so you read the comic. Yeah, that was my first time ever reading it. Uh, So, I enjoyed enjoyed it. I really did. I, I think what stood out to me the most were the the small hints that you knew something was wrong with Gene. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, there was some of those panels where she looked so evil, like like the battle with Emma. Um, <clears throat> it was it's just scary how they drew her, and I love I love how they drew her. Yeah. Now the the animated cartoon is always going to have a place in my heart mm-hmm. uh, because it was what I grew up on, and so I like them for what they. Did I like them for what they did to a different to each different generations? Because you know a lot of a lot of people in my same uh, situation didn't have comics, so we only had the cartoon, and that was the best that we got, and that was the only thing that we got from the Phoenix Saga. Mm-hmm. But um, you could see that in both the comics and the cartoon, it was a love story down boots yeah and i'm glad that they i I realized that a lot of the cartoon kept some of the same language some of the same um parts as far as when wolverine got thrown down and then got back up and tried to save everybody um it was i like it i love it yeah yeah it's it's a very important part of comic history. That's why it's always referenced. Uh, and also, that's why people get pissed when you have, you know, you think about the 20 years of X-Men movies and, or near 20 years, and how they botched it up. And how you see now how the MCU has like set up. Like you think about when they started um, with Iron Man and how they got all the way up to where we are now with Endgame. You think of like, what if this type of care was happening with the X-Men movies? We could have like built it up to, at this point, maybe build up to Doc Phoenix or maybe be at another era, but we could have like had series of movies where it would have been that build up and you would have been like, woo, it all makes sense. You would have saw the relationship between her and Scott. You would have believed in that relationship, um, but you also would have saw what was at stake. You would have felt that a lot more. And I feel like when you go back and read these comics, you're like, you see what's at stake. You see they had to do this to Gene. You see that this had to happen. Um, and as I said before, 
when they brought Gene back in, in, in 86, they changed it around to say, well, Gene, they made Gene innocent because they, that's when they said that, oh, it wasn't Gene, it was the Phoenix entity. So Gene was buried um, in the Jamaica Bay in a cocoon all that time. And she did come back in Fantastic Four. They found her, the Avengers found her, brought her to Fantastic Four, and together Fantastic Four and the Avengers found out it was Jean Grey. And so that's when she realized like, that wasn't me, I didn't do all this stuff. Um, but it was interesting to see how they cleaned that up really quick. Uh-huh. But, um, I, but it's interesting, like right now, they kind of, some, you can tell writers, some writers remember it, some don't. Um, but yeah, that's, it's interesting how they kind of made the Phoenix, like that was one entity, not really Jean Grey. But at the time, um, when I started reading it, I knew she was back. I just didn't know how she came back. And that's when I found out like, oh, that's how they did it. Um, but it was very interesting to see like how this story played out because yeah, you're right. You can see the inklings of her cracking. And then when it just went down, it went down. Yeah. It went down. And we're down to Chinatown. So, yeah. Ooh. I mean, thinking about it, it's, I'm going to have to re- look at it again. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I did, too. And I'm glad you read it. I'm glad you actually read some comics. <laughs> Don't do me like that. <laughs> that was, uh, honestly, I, I read... Uh, God Loves, Man Kills, mm-hmm. and then The Dark Phoenix Saga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right, I guess that, that's it then. All right, y'all. Well, since it is the end of the show, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Mechachine Pod. I'm at Porter Fazaz and Victor's at Wonder Man 5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're on Facebook at Megachine Pod and Instagram at Megachine Pod. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> anything else? No, that is it. That is it. Um, go see us. It's worth it. So go see it. I will. I, I think I'll probably go like Tuesday or something. All right. Because I need groceries first. <laughs> I need fucking groceries. Oh, Lord. All right, y'all. We will see y'all soon. Bye.